0: Thanks so much for joining us on Cranford Radio. My name is Bernie Wagenblast. As we've done in the past, but have not done for the past couple of years, we're interviewing one of the elected officials that serves Cranford. This time around, we have 21st District Assemblywoman Michelle Sakutis. She is new to the Assembly, filling in the seat that John Bramnick vacated when he moved on to the state Senate. Assemblywoman Sakutis, thank you so much for joining me here on Cranford Radio.
1: And thanks for having me here, Bernie. What
0: I've done previously with these episodes where we've talked initially to an elected official is I like to use these not so much to get into the politics and issues of the day, but really to get to know the person a little bit better. So as I mentioned, you are brand new to the Assembly. It's been a little over two months since you uh, were inaugurated and sworn in to the Assembly. Tell me a little bit about your background. Uh, Let's start off at the beginning. Tell me about where you grew up.
1: Bernie, I am a Jersey girl through and through. I grew up in Bayonne with my parents and my brother. And um, both my parents worked. My dad was a truck driver and my mom uh, worked part-time so she could be home with us part of the time. And I was the first one in my family to attend college. Right after college, I met my husband, John, who's a native of Jersey City. So we're both Hudson County folk. That's, that's our beginnings. And uh, we've been married for 32 years. We have three children, John, who's 26, Lily, and William, who are twins, and they're 21. We live in New Providence, which we have made our home for uh, well over 25 years, and we've been very happy here.
0: I noticed looking at your background in terms of your degree, I guess it's a a joint degree that you have both in business and political science from Rosemont College in Pennsylvania. Seeing uh, political science as one of your majors, I would tend to think, well, maybe you had uh, an eye toward being involved in politics at some point.
1: I actually never did. My aspirations at that point were to become a lawyer. And I had graduated school and I then found myself on Wall Street, which I uh, was stayed on Wall Street for, oh my gosh, probably over 20 years. And I specialized the whole time in municipal bonds. So I have a very strong background in municipal bonds. i worked uh, anywhere from new issue marketing to sales and marketing to investment banking. I did a lot of different hats there. I was in trading. So it was a very interesting uh, time in my life. It was in the late 80s, 90s, into 2000. I had left Morgan Stanley where I was a vice president for the Municipal Sales and Marketing Department.
0: And then the next move was into something that seems like it was quite different, worth limited. Tell us a little bit about what you were doing there, if you would, please.
1: So, uh, well, there was actually a blip in between there. There were 10 years that I stayed home with my twins, and I did a lot of community outreach at that point. I was PTA president twice at two different schools, both at the grammar school and the middle school. And when I was PTA president, I helped to implement a few programs that are still in existence today. I was also asked to be part of an initiative at the time that Trenton had released called the PBSIS. It was a positive behavior initiative that the state had worked on. Folks in the education world are still very familiar with it now. It's done some great things and it's helped to enforce positive behaviors in the schools. So I was there for a uh, long time. And then I started working at Worth Limited And Worth Limited was a luxury direct sales women's clothing line. What I loved about Worth is they helped to empower women. They understood that women uh, had full-time jobs and then stayed home with their kids. And Worth was a wonderful way for women to get back into the workplace because they understood you don't always have your resume together. You don't always have all of your ducks in a row like that. You just know that you want to start getting back out there. So I recruited trained and hired a division of women across the state that worked under me and I helped them become great salespeople.
0: You were serving on the New Providence Council from 2019 into 2022 before you uh, had to move over to the assembly. What prompted you to run for public office?
1: I had always been very involved in town for community development, as I said. I've always served on a number of uh, committees and things. I was on the simpson Baber Foundation for the Autistic. Like I said, I had a lot of public outreach. I was approached to run for office. My kids were still in school at the time. So believe it or not, I declined. Instead, I decided to be two of our present council people's campaign manager. Mm -hmm. As I was their campaign manager, I understood what it took to be a council person. And I started to understand the job better. Coincidentally, at the same time, my kids were graduating from high school. So I was asked again, and I thought, well, if not now, when? <laughs> <laughs> I have some free time. You know, where I'm going to have some free time with my kids off to college. So I decided to take the plunge. And really what it was, I looked at it as taking all of the things that I had been doing and just focusing them on a bit of a larger scale. So that's kind of where I got that bug. I just wanted to help. That's really been what I've been about, I would say, most of my life.
0: You were on the council for a relatively short period, and this assembly seat opened up with John Bramnick deciding that he was going to run for the state senate. What prompted you to to make the jump to the state assembly?
1: That was actually a really, really easy decision. During 2019, when I was running for office, coincidentally, Senator, now Senator Bramnick and Assemblywoman Munoz were also running for office. So we had a lot of crossover campaigning. We had, you know, door knock together and fundraisers and lots of different things. So I got to know Senator Bramnick and Assemblywoman Muñoz back when I was running in 2019. We did a lot of cross campaigning, knocking on doors, fundraisers and things like that. And what I recognized was my values and common sense approach and the approach, by the way, that was working in New Providence was very much in line with them. So with my family's blessing, of course, because you can't do anything unless you have your family's full support, mm-hmm. I really jumped at the chance of being part of their team. And quite frankly, I haven't looked back. They have been a tremendous source of help and guidance for me all along the way. They've been amazing.
0: No, I'm not overly familiar with New Providence politics, but I know here in Cranford, we mm-hmm. have both Republicans and Democrats mm-hmm. that serve on the Township Committee. And most of the issues that we deal with in a town like Cranford I would say, are not necessarily partisan. There's not a a Republican or a Democratic way of dealing with things like flooding, uh, for example, or paving streets. Going from New Providence to the State Assembly, I would imagine some of those partisan issues, though, get magnified a bit from what you had in New Providence. What, What are you finding about what it's like on the political side in Trenton versus what you experienced in New Providence?
1: So being a, um, only two and a half months in, I have chosen to move forward at the moment <laughs> in this regard. When I was in New Providence and I was on borough council, we had a motto, do it because it's good for New Providence. That was the only way we made our decisions. We didn't make them any other ways. Um, and now I've gone into this with that same thought process in mind. And that's how I've chosen to move forward as long as I feel that it is good for my constituents and the state, then those are going to be my best decisions that I can make. Because after all, you know, it really shouldn't be about red or blue. It needs to be about people and it's about people first.
0: The area that you are currently representing, obviously much larger than just New Providence. It takes in communities in Union, Somerset and Morris County, as I believe. Have you had a chance? I know it's only been two and a half months, but have you had a chance to absorb some of the the different communities that you now represent?
1: I have. I have. And I found that a lot of the communities have similar needs. For example, when I look at Cranford, overdevelopment, I'll use this as an example, has caused a lot of flooding problems. I was just in Somerset County this weekend, they are complaining about the same things. So a lot of things all fall into line with each other. So when I'm talking about flooding, one of the issues, and it's a more local issue, is the flooding issue. And in Cranford, it was hit so hard again during Ida. Oh my gosh, I, you know, I had gone through and seen some of the flooding and it was just heartbreaking to really witness. And towns need resources. So currently, I'm co sponsoring a bill that's going to appropriate $5 million for Cranford to help improve its flooding infrastructure. So, you know, that's just one example, you know, flooding, but I see parental concerns are the same. I I asked
0: you about, you know, some of the political differences of serving the borough council in New Providence to serving in the state assembly, but putting politics aside. What have been some of the biggest surprises of being an assemblywoman now that you've had all of two and a half months experience being one?
1: I think the biggest surprise is how much I love it. (laughs) I know that sounds crazy. People say, you love it? I said, I really (laughs) do. I love trying to help people. This fills me. I have an amazing staff that works with me. They all feel the same way. They just want to get out there and help. So anything that we can do in that regard is something that really fills me. It always has. And outreach. And I also have always enjoyed meeting people.
0: Mm -hmm. And let me wrap up by, by asking, I think anyone who runs for elective office, there are certain passions that they feel in their heart of things that they would like to accomplish. For you, what are those things that are particularly close to home subjects or issues that you'd like to deal with?
1: Yeah, thank you for asking me about that. There are three things that, as you know, again, it's very early. It's two and a half months in. Mm-hmm. But as of right now, the things that I find that are speaking very loudly to me, and it's three things that I stand very strongly on. I finding that I am pro-taxpayer, pro-parent and pro-business and I'll just kind of break them down. So as far as pro taxpayer, you know, I look at New Jersey and I think it just needs to become more affordable for all, right? We are not just a place to come and live and park yourself while your kids go to school. And I feel like that's exactly who we're becoming and I find that distressing. New Jersey, um, you know, I look at veterans, veterans who have sacrificed themselves just to keep us safe show our gratitude the least we can do is to provide some tax relief and incentives right then i also look at young people who graduated and can't even afford to stay here to start their careers they are forced to move out to other states and what that means is they're going to take their talents with them and by the way that contributes to the current staffing crisis and then i look at seniors who cannot afford to pay their property taxes to me all of that is heartbreaking so i feel like we really need to be working on that a little bit better. Um, And when I talk about being pro-parent, I think that we're just starting to understand the consequences of missed classroom time. We're already seeing graduating high school students who are unprepared for college or whatever that next step might be. But the long-term effects to students that were in elementary school and laying that foundation for educational success, you know, it'll be felt for years. It'll be felt for years. The other piece of uh, the parenting is we're in the midst of a mental health crisis. This fear, the restrictions, and the altered lifestyles caused during the pandemic response, they've led to higher rates of depression, anxiety, and more frightening, they've led to uh, drug abuse, you know, and substance abuse among our children. We're already behind in dealing with a lot of that. And um, the longer it takes to act, the more heartbreaking it becomes. You know, um, and also the other place that I'm very interested in is the special needs community. And when I think about a child that's had to be in the classroom with a mask on, that is language delayed and speech delayed. They can't even see how to sound out a word behind a teacher's mask. Imagine what's happened to them and how delayed they've even become. Uh, Again, and another law that I'm working on right now is I'm pushing a bill forward right now that was originally uh, Senator Senator Bramnick's bill and that was called Emma's law and it was originated by Senator Bramnick uh, I think it was last year and what it does is it requires buses to have internal cameras that transport the special needs children. You know, safety, it's just a common sense priority. And we need to get out there and protect our most vulnerable. Those children are our most vulnerable. You know, so in the parenting department, I am, you know, pro-parent as well. And lastly, pro-business. Bottom line, there are staffing issues. You know, one of the things I already pointed to was the youth leaving. And there are staffing issues across the board. And they're impacting really almost every industry you know in all industries there's different ways to go about this and quite frankly i do not believe in throwing money in a problem i believe in focusing on the fixed root of the problem we have to ease cost burdens for the industry fields that the state currently has needs for as well as other non-monetary incentives and the approach from what i can see at this point is things need to be handled on a case-by-case basis.
0: Well, we've been talking on this episode of Cranford Radio with Assemblywoman Michelle Matsakutis. Michelle, thank you so much for taking the time out to chat with me today.
1: Thanks so much, Bernie. I just want to add one more thing. I've had a great first few months in my new role. And in my district, I just want to let you know that I have a temporary office in Westfield. It is up and running. And our office is focused on quality constituent services and works on the public's behalf each day. We've taken dozens of cases already, and they've had many of which have had successful resolutions. The office is committed to being accessible. And also we will be more visible over the coming weeks in various communities. So stay tuned for more on that. Thank you again so much, Bernie, for having me.
0: Oh, Thank you so much, Michelle, for being part of this.